Welcome to the British Sports Car Podcast. Join me, Sarah, and Nick, our resident sports car expert, as we bring you all the latest news from the top tiers of British motorsport, including British GT, GT Cup and Brick Car, as well as British motorsport interests from around the world. Hello and welcome to the first episode from 2023 from the British Sports Car Podcast. Slightly different look sound this year. We've decided to make some changes to the way that we put out our content to make it easier for us to produce the content and easier for you to listen to it. So starting from now, what we're going to do is produce episodes dedicated to our core subject areas. So there'll be British GT episodes, clearly marked. GT Cup episodes clearly marked and international news episodes also clearly marked. This is going to allow, first of all, Sarah and I to produce the content as we can, because the only thing we need to get together for is British GT. But it also means that you can listen to what you want to hear, ignore what you don't want to hear. um, So we're not going to be burying what you want to find in an episode full of something else. So this episode is the first episode of the year and we are covering international news going back to the start of the year. So if international news is not your thing, do feel free to stop listening now. But I do hope you hang around because we've had quite a lot of international endurance racing since the year began. In fact, 69 hours of international competitive endurance motorsport. So a little bit to cover. Now, with that in mind, what I'm going to do is I am not going to be covering every car and saying this car was run by an engineer that used to engineer in brick car and this car has a driver that broke his teeth racing in Geneva Juniors or whatever. Um, I am going to focus mainly on the cars with a union flag on the side of it because of a British driver. Uh, Not really going to go into much detail about other drivers that have raced in the UK as well we're going to try and keep this a little bit more focused than than it usually is for me what i'm also going to do is i'm actually going to go the wrong order because we have had the hankook 24 hours of dubai we've had the rolex 24 at daytona we've had the liquid molly bathurst 12 hours and the joburg nine hours of kailami now the races were run in that order but if i go through Bathurst and Kailami first. Those are the two races where of the two races there is one British driver in all of it. Um, So I will discuss the races slightly briefly, uh, congratulate the class winners and things like that, but I'm not going to go into a whole lot of detail about them. And now, international news. Let's get started then and let's take a look at the two rounds we've had so far of the Intercontinental GT Challenge. This is an SRO series which 
I don't want to sound offensive. I don't mean to be offensive when I says it. Cherry picks great endurance races from around the world and says, can our grid come and play in your sandbox? Uh, so uh, but when SRO took over Australian GT racing, the deal was done and Bathurst, which is a standalone round, uh, no points awarded round for Aussie GT, um, became a Intercontinental GT Challenge race. Now that race, congratulations and massive congratulations go to Sun Energy One Racing with Akodis ASP team, the number 75 car and Mercedes AMG GT3 Evo. Kenny Abel, Jules Gounon and Lucas Stoltz share the driving in that particular car, which has achieved the pretty much impossible, which is back-to-back -back wins on the mountain. It's not often the mountain chooses you to win once, let alone chooses you to win twice on two years. And I'm not exaggerating there. Bathurst is a race where you can go there with the right strategy, but if the mountain doesn't want you to win, win you are not. Now, they completed 323 laps in 12 hours, 40 seconds, 0 0.1193. 0 0.9267 seconds further behind was their nearest rival. This is the number 912 Manthai Racing and EMA Motorsport Porsche 911 GT3R for Matthew Campbell, Matthew Jaminet and Thomas Prining. So pretty close fighting there. Uh, also, 1.4177 seconds further back was Gripper M Racing. This is the number 999 car of Mauro Engel, Mikael Grenier and Raffaele Marciello, another Mercedes AMG GT3 Evo, rounding out the pro-class podium at the mountain. Pro-Am went to Melbourne Performance Centre, the number 65 car. Uh, they were two laps off the overall lead. Uh, but Chas Mostert, Fraser Rose and Liam Talbot pedalled their Audi R8 LMS Evo 2 to victory in the Pro-Am class ahead of their teammates in an identical car, the number 777, Ricardo Feller, Christopher Meese and Yasser Shaheen. Third place in Pro-Am went to Triple Eight Race Engineering and this is not the Triple Eight that you find in the BTCC. This is the Australian division that runs in... Uh, I believe they're calling it Virgin Australia Supercars now rather than Aussie V8s. But big banger touring car racing on lots of street circuits. Really great. Look at it on YouTube. Uh, Prince Jeffrey Ibrahim shared with Richie Stanaway and Aussie racing great Jamie Winkup in a Mercedes AMG GT3 Evo, which was two laps behind the leader in the Pro-Am class. Silver was claimed by International Motorsport, another Audi R8. This is the number 10 car of Andrew Fawcett, Daniel Gaunt and Dylan O'Keefe. They were seven laps off the overall lead at the end of the race, um, but they were four laps ahead of their nearest rivals. 101, the Volante Rosso Motorsport of Jonathan Hui, Josh Hunt, Ross Pulakis and Kevin C uh, of um, Sky Tempesta Racing fame in a Mercedes-AMG GT3 Evo. Uh, third place in silver went to M Motorsport for an all-Australian lineup of David Crampton, Trent Harrison, Glenn Wood and Jaden Ajida, the number 50 car Audi R8 LMS GT3 Evo 2. 
uh, completed 309 laps. It was uh, 14 laps down on the overall leader, which puts it seven laps down on the class. Then we have the Invitational class, and the Invitational class did not do particularly well. There were four entries into Invitational, two of which were withdrawn due to crashes in practice. That left MRA Motorsport, the number 111 car, which was a Mark Cars Australia Mazda 3 V8, of Darren Curry, Grant Donaldson and Jeff Taunton, uh, to take victory in that class on 283 laps, 40 laps off the overall leader. Uh, in lap 210, their only running competition, the 19 Corporation car, uh, number 19 Mercedes AMG GT4 of Michael, uh, sorry, Mark Griffith, Christian Pansioni and Fabian Schiller retired with a engine failure. Uh, the only thing there to really point out is that an engine failure on a Mercedes-AMG GT4 is very rare indeed. So bad luck to them. That is the end of the results, the top the top threes, etc. for the Bathurst 12 hours. I'm going to skip straight on. I mean, we are eight minutes in at the moment, so I'm making good time. Don't worry, I will get lost later on in a rabbit hole of... Of, of GT racing, don't worry. Uh, I'm going to go through every car entered into the Joburg nine hours. There is one British driver in here, uh, which I didn't know was a British driver. Uh, I thought this race had no British drivers in it, same as the last one, but never mind that. Um, the reason I'm going to go through all of the entries is there's only 13 cars, uh, and it seems particularly unfair to ignore four cars when you're mentioning all the rest of them so winners of the race and let's not look at the size of the entry which yes is poor bordering on pathetic sorry sro but they're building something it's the first few years of the race and as people realize the race is there we will start to get entries in the meantime this year we had nine cars that classified um, starting with the number 32. This is the first place in the pro class, Team WRT BMW M4 GT3. Sheldon van der Linde, Dries van Tor and Charles Verts sharing the driving uh, completed 306 laps. Uh, now they finished at 9 hours, no minutes, 56 seconds and 2.286, uh, so 56.286 seconds. 1.778 seconds further back was their teammates, Augusto Farfus, Philip Eng and Maxi Martin in the number 33 WRT car. Uh, so pretty close for uh, the third place car in pro as well, Tressor Attempto Racing, number 66 Audi R8 LMS Evo 2 GT3 of Matthias Rudi, Ricardo Feller and Patrick Niederhauser. Now I've mentioned... Ricardo fell twice in two races, so he obviously enjoyed uh, his his run around the Southern Hemisphere in in the winter. Uh, he was that's a one point two seven four seconds behind the thirty three, and three point zero five two seconds behind the leader at the end of the race. And look, looking at what little data I can see here, he started to fight back. Well, that particular car started to fight back because its fastest lap, which was 
0.001 seconds off the fastest lap turned in by the number 33 car was before, was put in less than 50 laps before the end of the race. So there was obviously a late race fight back there to bring that car into contention. Fourth place in pro is the second Trestle Attempto racing car for Marcus Winkelhock, Dennis Marshall and Alex Acker. Uh, Attempto racing means Audi. Uh, and then we get to the winner in Pro-Am, Sun Energy 1 by SPS. Uh, this is Kenny Abul, Yannick Mettler and Jules Gounon in a Mercedes-AMG GT3. So they won overall at the mountain and they won their class in South Africa. Congratulations go to them. They were only two laps off the lead as well. So quite a strong run for them. Uh, they finished ahead of the number four car. This is Grove Racing, a Porsche 911 GT3R, the 991.2, so the outgoing shape rather than the new one. Uh, for Brenton Grove, Stephen Grove and Earl Bamba. And then third place in the Pro-Am class went to teammates to the winners, SPS Automotive Performance. Uh, Lucas Stoltz and Miguel Ramos joined by so far the only British driver to race in the Intercontinental GT Challenge so far this year, Reese Barr. Uh, the 20 car, a Mercedes AMG GT3 finished 302 laps and was having a race with Benton Grove, Stephen Grove and Alabama at the end of the race because they were 1.694 seconds off a SPS 1-2. The fourth place in Pro-Am, the last classified runner in the class, was Stradale Motorsport. Charles Aranges, Arnold Neveling and Clint Weston uh, in a Mercedes-AMG GT3. Uh, they finished 280 laps, 22 laps behind their their next rival. And then the final classified runner was a pro-class entry. The number 999 of Mercedes-AMG Team Gripper M Racing. Mauro Engel, Mikael Grenier and Raffaele Marciello sharing, of course, a Mercedes-AMG. They obviously hit some fairly substantial problems because they only completed 244 laps. They were 62 laps off the lead at the end of the race. Not classified. So we had a Audi R8 LMS Evo 2 GT3 of MJR Motorsport. Uh, entered into the Pro-Am class, a number 80 car. Uh, Kowanda, Mokina, Mo Mia and Marius Jackson sharing the driving in that car. Um, Retired on lap 183, so over 100 laps down. In fact, over 120 laps down on the eventual winner at the end of the race. And then we've got three cars here which didn't go particularly far at all, but this is normal. Uh, GT3 Cup had NGK Pablo Clark Racing, a Mercedes GT3 car that completed 34 laps for Mikhail Pitamba in the first hour of the race, which is when the national one-hour race happens now they only had three cars entered into the race and there were two classes so we're not talking about a massive entry list here i'm going to apologize in advance to the number 11 mercedes of bigfoot express racing for mangling their driver's name because it's sunthra grass gran moodley and i know i got that wrong but sarah is the one that does the pronunciations around here and she's not available uh, they finished second in gt3 cup ahead of MJR Motorsport for Joseph Ellerine, 
that was an Audi R8 GT4, uh, which claimed the victory uncontested in the GT4 Cup. So that brings an end to the SRO racing that's happened so far. And now we turn our eyes to Creventic and to IMSA. <coughs> so, let's go back to running in time order then. Because first race of the year on the same weekend as Autosport International Show is the Hankook 24 Hours of Dubai. Uh, overall winners in this one and it was a a strong entry of over 60 cars so i'm definitely not going through them all um, but the overall winners in this one uh, were team wrt this is the number seven car a bmw m4 of course wrt have switched from audi and are fully committed to bmw and are running their factory program in world endurance championship this year uh, they completed 621 laps with Mohamed Saud Fahad Al Saud, uh, Diego Menchaca, Jean Baptiste Simonauer, Jens Klingman, and Dries Van Tour sharing the driving. There, they finished ahead of the uh, GT3 Pro Am race winning number 91, Herbeth Motorsport Porsche 911 GT3R 991.2. So at this race, we had both the old shape GT3 car running and the new shape GT3 Cup car running. So, a little bit confused, but we had no British drivers in the Cup class, so we'll just ignore that. Uh, I tell a lie, we had a British driver in the Cup class. We had, I believe we had Phil Keane. Uh, so, I will keep my eyes out for that one. And make sure to let you know. Yes. Okay, third place, sorry, second place, I do apologise, the Herbert Motorsport Porsche uh, was driven by Ralph Bond, Daniel Allerman, Robert Renauer and Alfred Renauer. They took second place. Third place went to the number 46 car. This is the, I believe it was correctly entered as the KFC VR46 by team uh, by BMW M Team WRT. Uh, nice, love a nice long team name, do I? Uh, which had... Driver lineup of Sean Galeel, Maxime Martin, Valentino Rossi, hence the VR46, uh, Tim Whale, who is a British driver, and Max Hesse. I believe it's Sean Galeel which brought the KFC branding in as well, so um, that's why it's the world's longest team name in history. KFC VR46 by BMW M Team WRT. Phew! Okay, they finished third overall, and uh, second in GT3 Pro. Yeah. Third in GT3 Pro was Grove Racing. Earl Bamba, Benton Grove, Stephen Grove and Anton Di Pasquale uh, sharing the Porsche 911 GT3 R number 10 there. Uh, and second in GT3 Pro-Am, uh, second Herbeth Motorsport car, the number 92, Adam Adelson, Jason Hart, Seth Lucas and Elliot Skier. Third place was Heart of Racing. This is finished eighth overall, the number 27 car, and it's on my list of cars to talk about anyway, because Roman DeAngelis and Gray Newell of Canada and America, respectively, were joined by Ross Gunn uh, of Aston Martin Factory Duties and Ian James 
of running Heart of Racing duties, both of whom are Brits and race on a British licence. Um, with Ross Gunn, you'd assume the car was going to be an Aston Martin, but it was, in fact, a Mercedes-AMG GT3 Evo, which is where the SPS bit comes in. So uh, that's a Mercedes-AMG with two Brits in it, finishing third in GT3 Pro-Am, eighth overall. Elsewhere in the GT3 combined class, we had the number 911. Now this is, it's written as pure Ruxing, uh, R-X-C-I-N-G. I'm going to assume racing here and say pure racing Porsche 911 GT3R, the 991.2. Alex Malakin and Harry King are the British licensed drivers in the class, in the car, with Sven Muller and Joel Sturm. It's worth noting that Alex Malakin is a Belarusian, but he surrendered his Belarusian licence and taken a British racing licence, which is why he can race despite the ban on Russian and Belarusian drivers by the FIA. He has, uh, in effect, uh, renounced his Belarusian racing nationality uh, for to allow himself to, to continue racing. Uh, I believe he's resident in the UK anyway. We also have uh, Brits in two or three, three other cars. The number 99 Tressor Attempto Racing Audi. Alex Acker, Andre Mukovos and Dylan Pereira sharing with British driver Finlay Hutchinson. Unfortunately, with the first car to retire from the GT3 class, 86 laps in. Um, we also had, uh, uh, did not finish on lap 173. Uh, this was for the P1 group by MRS GT Racing Porsche, the number 43 car. Alexander Vogel, Leon Koller and Yuka Hunkavori joined by Alexander Cedric. Um, and then we had the 76 car, uh, obviously number 76 because it's 76 as the team name. McLaren 720S for Fran Ruder, Matthias Vio, James Cottingham and Andrew Gilbert. They didn't finish the race. They stopped on lap 455. In the GT4 class, we are going to skip over GTX and G uh, the 992 classes, uh, except for to say that in 992 Pro, the third place car, uh, is the Dual Racing by Toro Verdi. This is the Porsche 992 GT3 Cup, so the new shape car. Uh, finished third in the class, number 995. Uh, driven by Nabil Moutra, Ramsey Moutra, Sami Moutra and Phil Keane, British driver in that car there. Um, so the only British driver in the 992 class or the GTX class, which is why we're not going into depth into them. GT4 then, uh, and this is, we go from famine to feast, because this is a five-car class with five British-driven cars in it. Uh, let's do this in the order that they classified. The number 408, Rothko with Dragon Racing Mercedes AMG GT4. Rothko suggests to anybody, Goethe's, and Road Goethe, Oliver Goethe, and Benjamin Goethe shared the driving with Jordan Grogor and British ace Stuart Hall. 
They took the victory in the GT4 class, ahead of Simpson Motorsport. This was a number 438 car, and it's a BMW M4 GT4. This is the G82 car. Uh, a little bit on BMW numbering, because there were three BMW GT4 cars running at the Dubai 24 Hours. Uh, two of them run by Century Motorsport. Uh, Century bought one of their old cars, the cars that raced last year, and one of their new cars that's racing this year. Uh, so we can see on the on the results here that a G82 is the new car and an F82 is the old car. And could they please have picked a different number so I didn't get it mixed up in my head? Rant over. Let's go back to second place, which was Simpson Motorsport running the new shape. So the nice back end, ugly front end, uh, BMW M4 GT4. Uh, drivers included James Kell and David Holloway, both racing on British licences, and Cameron McLeod, Keith Kasulki and Vasily Vladkin, uh, drivers of international licensing, in second place. And then we get to the only all-British car in the lineup, which is the number 429. This is Century Motorsport's new car, the G82 BMW M4 GT4. They took one of them to Dubai and they took the drivers at the time they hadn't announced this, but they took the drivers that would drive both cars in anger in British GT this year. We'll talk more about the British GT entry in a later episode. Michael Johnson, Chris Salcoud, Lewis Plato and Carl Cavers finished third in GT4. Unfortunately, the second century car, the F82, the old shape BMW M4 GT4, uh, entered as RHC Jorgensen Strom by Sentry, uh, was not so lucky. They had a did not classify. They hit problems during the night. Nathan Freak was the British driver. He is also the boss of the team. Uh, Darren Jorgensen and Brett Strom gave their names to the team entry, and Jeroen Bleekemolen handed over oodles of professional GT racing talent. So I think a fair... Fair little entry there. Bloke that owns a team, bloke that's raced everything under the sun, and two blokes that have got loads of money and give over the name. That works. The number 488 Dragon Racing Mercedes AMG GT4 uh, was a did not start. They failed to make the start of the race, but did hit the classification, which means that they meant to start, but didn't manage it. Uh, Leonidas and Ria Lucas uh, with internationally licensed drivers in there, I believe, off the top of my head. Cypriot, and then Bradley Ellis and Charlie Hollings, both British drivers. Only other Brit on the results of the entire race is Rob Huff. Uh, British touring car race, he's won world touring cars, he's won European touring cars, uh, he's won British touring cars. Uh, I think about the only thing he hasn't won is DTM. Um, Rob Huff in the driving seat there, along with Marcus Menden, Marlon Menden and Peter Posovac. So that rounds out the entry for Daytona. Congratulations to all the winners. Commiserations to all the losers. And I'm sure Nathan Freak is particularly rejoicing that he doesn't have to hang the cars out on the washing line this time, unlike last time he went over to Dubai with a couple of BMWs. So, because it rained quite a lot. That leaves us with the Rolex 24 Hours of Daytona. Uh, now, I watched a lot more of this race than I watched of the other three combined because, one, it was a 
bloody good race. And two, it was the start of a new era because it's the first time we've seen running in anger the new LMDH stroke GTP cars. This is... There were two different ideas when it came to the top class of prototype racing. Now, previously, the ACO, which is European Le Mans and World Endurance and Asian Le Mans, had followed the LMP1 route as a top class. Uh, IMSA had a different idea. What they did was they allowed manufacturers to play with the bodywork and to put whatever engine they wanted in the back of an LMP2 chassis and called it DPI. Now, when they came to writing their new rule books, because those cars were due to be changed, they did a lot of chatting about how they were going to work together. They came up with Convergence, um, and Convergence has just come to fruition, because uh, Hypercar, which is the, the ACO idea, has been racing last year, and really kicks up its steam it's Sebring in a couple of weeks' time with the arrival of a number of other cars into the hypercar class. And IMSA came up with what was... The working title was DPI 2.0. Um, but they announced tail end of last year that what they were going to call it is we're going to hark back to our roots as epic endurance racing with epic cars that sounded great and looked amazing and had big power and big rings and people stood at the side of the racetrack and their legs shook, shook so hard that their trousers fell down and things like that. They've called it GTP. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, so we had the GTP class for the first time. Um, yeah, I told you I was going to go off on endurance-based uh, tangents, didn't I? I? I did. So GTP then, we had... Two Acura ARX 06s entered. We had three Cadillac VLMDHs entered. We had two BMW M Hybrid V8s entered. And two Porsche 963s entered into the race. The German cars didn't have a great run. Uh, the American cars, the Acura and the Cadillac, did have a great run. Um, but we're going to run through... The top six overall, because that's the solid block of GTP cars. Um, and then we're going to run through British interest on the rest of the way down, stopping at class winners on the way. So remember, first of all, the first two winning cars, because there's a sting in the tail at the end. We have in first place and defending their title at the Rolex from last year. Mayer Shank Racing with Curb Agajanian. This is a number 60 car, an Acura ARX 06, completed 783 laps. Tom Blomqvist, British driver. Colin Braun, American. Elio Castroneves, Brazilian. And Simon Paginot, Frenchman, sharing the driving there and all getting themselves a shiny new Rolex watch. Wayne Taylor Racing with Andretti Motorsport, the number 10 car, also an Acura ARX 06, came second. Felipe Albuquerque, Luis Delatraz, Brendan Hartley, and Ricky Taylor on the driving lineup. There, ahead of the number 01. This was the first of the Cadillac racing cars, uh, driven by Sebastian Bourdais, Scott Dixon, and Renger van der Zander, Cadillac V LMDH. 
they were also on the lead lap. They were 9.630 seconds behind the winner. Cadillac Racing again, the number 02, driven by Earl Bamber, uh, Cadillac v LMDH. British drivers aboard, Alex Lynn and Richard Westbrook finished fourth, last car on the lead lap. And then there's the number 31 car, the Whelan Engineering Racing. This was Jack Aitken and Alexander Sims sharing with Pipo Durrani. Uh, Cadillac v LMDH. And if I recall, they had either a water fault or an oil pressure fault or something because they were putting stuff into the car at the pit stops, which is why they finished a few laps further down. They were 12 laps down on the uh, 12 laps down on the uh, rest of the GTP field. Uh, further back was BMW M Team RLL, the number 24 car, uh, the BMW M Hybrid V8 of Philip Eng, Augusto Farfas, Colton Herter and Marco Wittmann, last of the solid block of GTP cars at the top of the timings. Now, in LMP2 then, uh, the winner went was the number 55. This is Proton Competition, uh, James Allen, Australian, Italians Gio Marina Bruni and Francesco Pizzi and uh, uh, American driver Fred Pordad sharing the wheel of the Orica 07 uh, which completed 761 laps so it wasn't that far away from from breaking further into the GTPs um still on the st still with cars racing them on the lead lap as well at the end in fact, if I recall off the top of my head, the race was won by a nose. Um, because the cameras were watching the Mayor Shank guys celebrating and the car doing its slow down lap. And I was sat here at my desk screaming at the TV, show me P2, show me P2. And they came out of what is no longer called the bus stop chicane. It's now called the Le Mans chicane. And the CrowdStrike car had the lead and the Proton car was behind and there was a drag to the line. And literally, as they crossed the line, I think a headlight was ahead on the number 55 car. It was a photo finish if ever I saw one. So it was amazing. Uh, but it was bad news for a Brit because Ben Hanley was aboard the CrowdStrike Racing by APR car, the number 04. This was also an Orica. I think all the cars in P2 are Orica 07s powered by the Gibson 4.2 litre V8. Uh, ben Hanley was sharing with Esteban Gutierrez, George Kurtz and Matt McMurray. Uh, they finished ahead of the AF Corsa uh, run number 88 uh, from Julian Canal, Nicolas Nielsen, Francois Perodo and Mathieu Vaxavier um, that rounded out the LMP2 podium. Scrolling a little bit further down the list here, we've come across Alex Quinn. Uh, he was in 13th place, which puts him 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7th, 7th in LMP2. Alex Quinn is a British driver sharing again with, I thought I said Nico Lapierre further up, but Nico Lapierre in this car, Ben Keating and Paul Luchatin. Again, Orica 07. PR1 Matthias and Motorsports, the number 52. Uh, they finished uh, ahead of the number 7 car. This was the first of the Porsche Penske Motorsport, the Porsche 963s, uh, who really 
did not enjoy their run at Daytona. Then we come across an interesting cluster of three cars because, I mean, first of all, only one of them doesn't have a Brita board, uh, but we've got three class winners here. Uh, LMP3. Now, usually when we talk of a class winner, we talk potentially of a car that won by a couple of seconds or won by half a lap. AWA knocked it out the park. Uh, they were absolutely astounding. And I'm looking down here. Um, we have Sean Creech Motorsport in second in the LMP3 class and AWA's other car in third. Now, the number 13 AWA car was third in class, 35th overall. Matt Bell, Ore Fidani, Lars Kern, Moritz Krantz sharing the decane on 717 laps. Sean Creech Motorsports, 725 laps for the number 33 Ligier JSP320. Schwab Arbosa, Nico Pino, Nolan Siegel and Lars Wilsley. Let's scroll back up from the 29th placed car that took second in LMP3 to the number 17 AWA car of Anthony Mantella, Thomas Merrill, Nicolas Varone and British driver Wayne Boyd. Being AWA, this is going to be a Decane M30D08 that completed, remember, teammate 717, winner 737 laps. I have seen endurance races won by a distance before, but this wasn't endurance racing won by a distance. This was a boxing match where the two boxers got into the ring and the big boxer called number 17 AWA threw one punch and dropped the rest of the mat. 12 laps was the margin of victory. It was astonishing. Almost as astonishing as the car in 16th place. Now, in IMSA, GT's been rejigged recently. So we used to have GTLM, which was ACA Rules GTE cars, and GTD, GT Daytona, which is GT3 cars running to IMSA balance of performance. When the GTE cars started to become quite hard to get your hands on, they decided to switch to GTD Pro. This happened last year. Uh, the GTD Pro cars are the same GT3 cars running to the same IMSA balance of performance as the GTDs, but with all pro driver lineups. Uh, now, the car in 16th place is a GTD entry. No pro. So this is the effectively what would be the GTE AM class in, in World Endurance. Number 27, Heart of Racing Team. Aston Martin Vantage AMR GT for Roman De Angelis of Canada and Marco Sorensen, Great Dane, sharing with Brits Ian James and Darren Turner. They took the victory not only in GTD, the amateur class, but in GTD overall. Unlike at Motul Petit Le Mans, where it was strategy and being on the right tyres and it was thinking their way into the position. At Daytona, it was a, an outright slugfest. 
and they just had to keep driving as hard and as fast as they can and it worked out for them and they won GTD outright they were the first non-prototype to cross the finish line and it was amazing uh, congratulations to them uh, GTD Pro was won by WeatherTech Racing this is a Mercedes AMG GT3 Evo of Maro Engel uh, Jules Gounon, Danny Junkadea and Cooper McNeil and what I'm going to do quickly is just touch on the podium places in GTD Pro uh, because a couple of places further back was Corvette Racing with a Corvette C8R GTD this is a downtuned version of the old GTE car for Antonio Garcia and Tommy Milner and Jordan Taylor finishing ahead of the only car in the entry with an all British driver lineup Vassa Sullivan Racing's number 14 Lexus RCF GT3 of Ben Barnicote, Mike Conway and Jack Hawksworth. In GTD, we've already said Heart of Racing Team won it. Magnus Racing, the Aston Martin Vantage AMR GT3, took second place, the number 44 Magnus Racing car, driven by Andy Lally, John Potter, Spencer Pompelli and Nicky Team. And then the next car back in GTD is Inception Racing. Uh, Inception Racing tells us that Brendan Iribe is going to be behind the wheel. It also tells us it's going to be a McLaren 720S. Uh, what it doesn't tell us is who's sharing the car. Um, we can probably guess at Ollie Milroy, British driver, and he is there, as is McLaren factory driver Marvin Kirschhofer and Frederick Sandorf. Shandorf, my apologies, uh, who finished third in GTD. Fourth in GTD went to Gradient Racing. Number 66 Acura NSX GT3 Evo 22. Uh, shared by Mario Farnbacher, Mark Miller, Sheena Monk and Brit aboard Catherine Legg. Uh, scrolling a little bit further down. Looking for any more British flags. I know there's at least one more on here somewhere. There we go. We've already spoken about Matt Bell being aboard the third place LMP3 car, the AWA car. Next car down is Heart of Racing, and this is their Pro entry. Uh, so the Amcar won GT, and the Pro car stumbled home in 36th place. Uh, so that's, what, 20 places behind the Amcar. Uh, but the drivers here, Alex Riberas, David Pittard, and Ross Gunn, it was not their fault at all. Um, if I recall, they had a problem with something like a hub bearing or something like that. It's a part that, to their knowledge, has never failed on a GT3 Aston Martin, ever. They just got really, really unlucky. Um, number thirty, sorry, number eighty-five car, the JDC Miller Motorsports LMP3 car, finished thirty-seventh. Uh, this is the Keen, uh, sorry, the Kane M30 D08 with Luca Mars, Tiemann van der Helm, Mason Filippi, and apparently British driver Till Bettelsheimer. Now, I didn't realise that Till held a British licence, so either I'm going to apologise to him now for relying on the results screen that I've got in front of me, not doing my research and accidentally calling him a Brit, or I'll apologise him to him for all of last year when I ignored a British driver on the entry list because I thought he was American. Either way, Till, I apologise. Um, and then we have the AO Racing Team, number 80. It's a Porsche a 992 shape Porsche, a new shape Porsche, by the way, um, looked weird on the banking with the with the full width brake lights. 
but we also we had the new Porsche, we also had the new Ferrari, and I've established that I quite like the new Porsche and that the new Ferrari's just ugly. It's fussy, I don't like it. Um, but the AO racing team had American racers PJ Hyatt and Gunnar Jeanette, and a double dose of Brits aboard with Sebastian Prio and Harry Tinknell sharing the driving there. Um, Nick Tandy was in the first GTP car to uh, not finish, be recorded as not finishing. Porsche Penske Motorsport had a gearbox failure on lap 700. Nick Tandy sharing with Matthew Jaminet and Dane Cameron. Um, Simon Mann was aboard one of the AF Corsa Ferraris. He shared with Francesco Castellacci, Miguel Molina and Luis Perez Compank. Uh, that was the Ferrari 296 GT3. As I've said, not, not in my opinion, the best looking racing Ferrari ever built. Uh, a place further back, GTP entry, BMW M Team RLL, Nick Yellowly, British driver sharing with Conor Felipe, Colton Herter and Sheldon van der Linde. They were still running at the flag, but were 131 laps down after problems all the way through the race. Uh, did not go well for them at all. Um, Ryan DL and Oliver Jarvis shared with Dwight Merriman and Christian Rasmussen in the ERA Motorsport LMP2 car. The number 18, Orica 07, um, for ERA Motorsports, uh, managed 510 laps before an engine failure ended their participation. Uh, James Collado uh, finished in 56th place, or didn't finish in 56th place, in GTD Pro. With the number 62, Rissi Competizioni car, he was sharing with Alessandro Pregidi, Davide Rigon and Daniel Serra. Before that car, retired with floor damage. Uh, and then that completes the list of British drivers entered into the Rolex. There are two other things here. First of all, the attrition rate was quite high. Now, we expected attrition because it was the first year of new cars. But look at the types of attrition we have from the first retirement, which was on lap 44. Settilar Racing retired in their Ferrari 296 GT3. And it was it was not a good race for Maranello. I can tell you that much. Um, so they retired with floor damage. We've got an engine failure in the Nissan 5.6 litre for a P3 car. That engine was chosen because you could you could run it on C4 and it still wouldn't blow up. It's it's a bomb-proof engine, almost literally. Um, but Riley Motorsports were out in lap 89. Uh, cooling issues for a Mercedes GT3 Evo. Uh, accident damage happens. A fire for a Porsche. Another Ferrari with floor damage. Oil tank problems on a on a Lamborghini. Another fire this time in a in a Ligier P3. Mechanical issue Ligier P3. Engine failure in in an Orica 07. Again, the Gibson power plant was chosen because it was so damn reliable. Mechanical issues. The Decane P3 car. Power steering problem for Turner Motorsport. Now I seem to remember they had that last year as well. Uh, with, with the same with the with the new car. Um, accidents, again, accidents happen, accidents happen. Gearbox failure on a Porsche. New car will let them off, accident damage again. But these problems are happening for really, really strange reasons. Now, we are coming up on an hour, and part of me is like, I said this was going to be smaller. 
another part of me is, well, I have just covered 69 hours of racing in 47 and a half minutes. And I've got to trim a little bit of that out as well. Um, but there is one little sting to the tail to add to the tail of the Rolex 24 hours at Daytona. And that is that on the 8th of March. So at the time of recording, we are talking two days ago. The news broke that IMSA had penalised the race winning entry. So this is the Mayer Shank Racing with Kerr Bagajanian ARX 06, the Acura, which won the race. And the entry was penalised for manipulating tyre pressure data during the race. Now we're not saying misreporting, they're saying manipulating. giving Deliberately giving incorrect information to the series. Um, now they say that the win and the prizes for winning, so trophy, victory lane, climbing the fence, kissing the tarmac, having the bubbly, big bling Rolex watch on the arm, etc. They will all remain and the Mayershank car will be recorded as the winner of this year's race. Uh, they have been uh, docked 200 points in the GTP Championship standings, which puts them behind the Wayne Taylor Racing with Andretti car, which finished second. They've also had all the points in the team standings and all the points in the driver standings of the Michelin Endurance Cup removed. Uh, so they are now starting from zero in the four race endurance series, which also includes Sebring, uh, Sailing Six Hours of the Glen and Motul Petit Le Mans. And now this one's going to hurt. They forfeited race prize money. Now, I don't know what the race prize money is, but I'm guessing given how much you have to pay to enter, you wouldn't do that if the prize money was 20 quid and a bag of chips. Um, it's probably quite a significant figure. Uh, on top of that financial disappointment, there is a financial disappointment of the team receiving a 50,000 US dollar fine for this action. Additionally, uh, Mike Shank, who was the team uh, and entrant representative, has been placed on probation. So if he or his has any other slip ups in the paddock in the next, um, well, June, until June the 30th of this year, then he could potentially be excluded from further participation in IMSA. Um, and then the team engineer, a chap called Ryan McCarthy. Uh, this man's been let have ha let let have it because he has been suspended indefinitely and his annual credential has been revoked, which is basically IMSA's way of saying we do not want you in our paddock. So post-race stuff's really hit the fan, basically, and um, Mayor Shank Racing are lucky to still be recorded as the winners of the race. Um, but they are. They may not get the points for it. They definitely won't get the money for it. But they do get to claim that they won back-to-back -back Rolex 24 at Daytona's. That brings us to the end of our catch-up on international news in the British Sports Car Podcast. Next up for us is British GT Media Day, which is on Tuesday the 14th of March, coming from Donington Park. Both Sarah and I will be there live, 
has everything to do with making top class content and nothing to do with the fact that Stefan Rattel is feeding us at all, honest. Um, but we've also got some other interesting content ideas arranged and we are speaking to a new feature in the British GT paddock um, at Media Day, which will hopefully pique the interest of some of the teams, or some of the fans, sorry, and some of the teams that are coming to uh, race meetings this year. Uh, after that is the uh, the official test for GT Cup. Now, we don't know yet how much access we're going to have to coverage from that, so you may or may not get a GT Cup episode sometime on or after the 16th. I know that Sarah is crazy busy next week um, because she is off as one of the panel hosts for a large a large gathering of uh, of um, sci-fi people, uh, something called the Sci-Fi Weekender over in Great Yarmouth. Uh, so she's off there being expertly knowledgeable about sci-fi fiction and things like that. So she's wearing many hats, uh, basically. Um, and then it is race o'clock really we've got first race of gt cup is on the 1st of april no joke there at all and then easter weekend british gt returns to action and both sarah and i will be at every uk round of the british gt championship this year with microphones bugging people for information that we can then pass on to you so thank you very very much for your time i look forward to meeting some of you at the racetrack to interacting with more of you online find us on social medias at brit sc podcast go to the website which is now fully up to date with all the british gt news as well uh, so you can see the entry list assembling and things like that there and we look forward to another fantastic year of gt and endurance racing with the british sports car podcast thank you listening to the British Sports Car Podcast. Don't forget to follow us on socials at BritSC Podcast. This podcast is a Storm Vixen created production in conjunction with RPS Driven Media.